Well, welcome back to the third episode of Fandom Nation. This week, we are just going to cover Hawkeye and one collectible because tonight I'm going to go see Spider-Man No Way Home. We're all very excited. We've waited around two years for this thing with practic. They did really well with not releasing any spoilers or giving away too much or leaks because to be honest, other than what they've shown us, I know absolutely nothing. I'm actually surprised that it hasn't been ruined over on like Twitter or anything for me. So bless Stanley for all that. Anyways, let's get right into Hawkeye because I've been very busy. So I've been here's the thing. I love all things Marvel, obviously, but my dad is obsessed with Hawkeye. So I decided I will wait to watch this series specifically just with him. So it really is on his schedule. And we couldn't watch it last week, so we did a double feature last night, which was really fun. So we're going to dive right into Hawkeye Episode 4, uh, Partners Am I Right? And then we'll get into Episode 5, which is titled Ronin. So let's get into it. Here we go. So first things first, Laura knows a lot more about Hawkeye's superhero life than we originally thought. Because from what we've seen, it's kind of like she's going along for the ride. She trusts him. She knows he's doing what's best. And that's kind of what we've seen since Age of Ultron. But after this episode, a couple of things kind of there was some light shed on it, to be honest. Um, and I'll give you a theory that I have. And, you know, I hope that if anyone who is listening to this will message me on one of my social media platforms and let me know what you think. But I think that she actually might be a retired S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And here's why. Um, in the comics, which I will be honest, I didn't read a lot of Hawkeye comics at all. It's mainly the generic spider-man iron man etc but he did have a love interest named mockingbird um and i just have this idea that she knows or has been a part of shields longer or more so than we think so i believe that maybe she is mockingbird i could be completely wrong but it'd be really cool to see uh, more of their chemistry together after this show i don't really know if it's going to go with kate bishop i mean clearly she's you know going to be the new hawkeye essentially for the new Avengers, but you never know season two could happen and we'll see their backstory. But let me get into my theory. Um, the reason why I think that there's more to her than we know is because she shows up in age of Ultron, uh, shortly after the team kind of gets just the crap knocked out of them. They go to Clint's farm to retreat, to get out of, uh, you know, view from Ultron and hide for a bit till they make a plan. And Nick Fury is also there. Randomly in the entire film, he only shows up at this farm and he's kind of just hidden the entire time. And there's a moment and I, I went back and watched it uh, earlier this morning because I'm like, where else has she really like, I don't know, the whole episode kind of just gave me this vibe that there's more to her than I thought. So she's only in two other scenes in the MCU. So I watched it and Nick Fury says something really interesting. He says, here we all are again or here we are on Earth all again and that's it like they never left so obviously there is a bit of a, a scroll reference there for those of us who've watched captain marvel after that uh but it just it, it just really feels off to me i can't put my finger on it but i feel like that this is going to connect with the scrolls slash i mean the secret invasion television show with samuel Jackson's nick fury and uh uh forgot her name but Maria Hill, they're coming back and it's going to be about the scrolls. So it just makes me feel like that this is going to be connected. We're getting into the whole world of espionage and uh, double-sided characters. So it just kind of makes sense to me. And on top of that, 
I'll be honest, and I'm not going to get into episode five just yet, but episode four, they're talking about this Rolex, right? And I'm thinking to myself, like, who wears a Rolex? And I can't think of any character, but the only other thing I thought of was that Nick Fury gave, um, you know, he he gave the, what's it called, the pager so that they could get Captain Marvel if needed. And clearly it's not just a watch. So I feel like maybe that's another earthly item that is access to call on him or to get his attention. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but it's happened before. So why not go with that idea? Anyways, let's continue with the episode. It felt really short, which is a good thing, which means I enjoyed it. Unlike the first two episodes, um, it was just really slow. But I love the Christmas party with uh, Kate and Clint. It was just it was a lot of fun. She was trying to be nice and give him a Christmas because he couldn't be home for Christmas. And she even remembered the small details like, oh, it was supposed to be movie night, right? So she gets the Santa Claus and uh, they just kind of have a fun time and a much needed relaxing time on that night. Uh, he, they talked about trick arrows like the boomerang arrows. And we kind of got a little bit more in detail as to, oh, I have only a certain amount. So and they're specially made. So it's not like just anything. Uh, and it was it was just fun to see them have. Oh, and I definitely want that Christmas sweater that uh, Clint wears. I don't know why, but I guess if it's canon and Marvel, I want it in my household. Meanwhile, I'm looking at my 12 props that I have in this room just in this one wall. So I will be adding that Christmas sweater for next year's uh, ugly Christmas party. Uh, last but not least, we kind of learned from the episode that uh, last but not least, sorry, Kate puts together that he is Ronan um, after she asked him a question of like, were you with him? And he really opens up about, you know, the shot that he didn't take that he's glad he didn't. And clearly that was, we all knew that was going to go towards Natasha about how he was going to supposed to take her out, but she wanted to get out of uh, that lifestyle that she was in. So uh, they be became a family. Uh, wasn't planned, but it happened and he didn't want to get into it. And Kate understood after the fact, but then shortly after a couple of emotional scenes, we actually get to see the LARPers again, which was kind of fun because originally I thought it was kind of, nonsense but i do enjoy the characters especially grills which we'll get back to in just a second um i do want to say though that when he talks about the shot that he never took it does connect towards the end of this episode to me just have that in mind in just a second um pretty much let's skip to the end of the episode they go into that apartment to try and find information maya has the all of uh, clint's information about his family and they realize that it's a silent alarm and then that finally, uh, you know, Maya is attacking Kate and in her in that apartment. And then Clint also thought he was getting attacked by Maya. And then they, you, we realize that Elena is actually the one who shows up and is trying to take him out. And then shortly after that, they all kind of get on the roof and they're all fighting each other. And Elena does something that kind of caught my eye, which is what I just said is it let's relate back to the whole, the shot you never took scenario. Um, Kate is pointing the arrow at Yelena and Yelena jumps back and Kate clearly could have shot her, even though Yelena would say, there's no way you could kill me, which she actually does in the next episode. But um, I believe that that is kind of that, that scenario of that grace of she saw something in her that wasn't evil. Could be a long shot, but that's just how my mind processed that. And then clearly Elena wasn't trying to kill Kate because when Kate fell over the uh, the roof, 
she was caught by the wire, which she attached to her. So clearly that wasn't unintentional. And then last but not least in that episode, uh, when Clint hangs over the roof to try and hold up uh, Kate, it plays the music that was played on uh, Volmir when Clint was trying to hold up Natasha and it reminded him of that scene. But clearly he knew she was going to be fine when he cut it and let her fall on the lights, the, the Christmas lights. So that's where that episode pretty much ends. And Clint knows that a black widow is coming after him and it means business. So episode ends there. And there is one thing that I really loved about the end of that episode was that I can't remember if it was the end or the beginning of episode five, but something that stuck out in that moment was Hawkeye is in Grill's apartment and he says to him, do you want to see your outfit? And he says, you know, I do just not right now. And if you've noticed in all of the Disney plus uh, Marvel I'm sorry, MCU shows at the end of each show, the main character gets their outfit that really, really looks badass. And it represents them in the comic books to some extent. In WandaVision, we got her Scarlet Witch look, which is phenomenal. In Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Sam finally got his uh, Captain America suit in the very last second of the second to last episode. And then we, you know, we see him flying in the final episode. And uh, Loki, not so much, but I have a good feeling that we're going to see a Hawkeye-worthy uh, outfit in the final episode that will come out next week. And then clearly they're not going to do a vibrant purple with a big H on his head. They they kind of joked about that at the beginning of the show where Kate drew that on the napkin. But I'm excited to see what it looks like. Just because in Avengers, they all had their iconic look. Uh, Black Widow didn't have that iconic yellow around her waist like she did at the end of the Black Widow film. So I'm glad they did that for her. But Hawkeye was wearing in Avengers was wearing shield, uh, um, a shield vest. And I get it. But at the same time, you want to see what your character looks like in, uh, you know, real life with that outfit that you would imagine would fit an adult. So I'm excited to see what that look like in next week's episode. I can almost guarantee it now. On to episode five, which is titled Ronan. Um, honestly, this was my favorite episode of the whole show so far, which it's not saying much, but this episode spoke volumes, especially the beginning. I'm a sucker for um, seeing things that were spoken about, but you didn't really see uh, from a perspective of who was affected by it. I know that's a lot of verbal diarrhea, but you'll get what I'm saying in a second. We see Yelena disappear um, in the bathroom and she gets dusted and then she comes back. Normally we've seen in Spider-Man far from home that they're at the uh, basketball court. I mean uh, the gymnasium and they're playing a basketball game and then they get dusted and they come back and everyone runs into each other cause they're doing some other event, but it was cool to see the world itself change around uh, Elena. So when she's wiping her face with the water, the wallpaper changes, she it's like a millisecond to her. And it's just a really cool perspective to see it from a character that we know come back in seconds and be like, what the hell happened? Which gives you a little bit more depth and compassion for her as a character because we didn't know she got dusted in between Black Widow, um, you know, and Endgame. So she's coming back to reality with not knowing about her sister. We even see her say, I need to find Natasha. I need to talk to her. And clearly we see that connection um, which we'll get to at the end of this um, overview for episode five. But obviously she finds out Black Widow is dead. Um, 
we're going to really skip towards the middle of the episode where there's, I just love this chemistry between Kate and uh, Yelena. They are so funny together. Yelena is being nonsensical is just being ridiculous. And Kate is like, are you, she's thinking, are you going to kill me? Or are you just like actually what I would assume would be a, a goofball. And clearly Yelena's using this as an investigation tactic to try and get information out of her. She explains to Kate, how long have you really known Hawkeye for? And, you know, she says like a week or something. And Yelena just goes on to explain, right, well, that's not who he is. And he's a weapon. He's a murderer. And you need to be more careful. Um, She leaves and tells Kate essentially very like cordially, hey, just don't interfere and you're not going to get hurt. It's pretty simple, but obviously Kate's not going to sit there and take it. So she pretty much tracks down Hawkeye. Hawkeye is wearing, you know, his Ronin outfit and he has his whole thing with Maya, which I could go into detail with that stuff, but I'm really just trying to get to the end of it. Um, Cause we all know if you're listening to this now, clearly, you know what I'm getting at, what we all care about, which we find out that Yelena was hired to kill Hawkeye which we already knew, but we find out via text message to Kate that she was hired by uh, Kate's mom. And that right there opens up a whole can of worms because at the very end of the episode, we see the one and only Kingpin who has returned from the Netflix series of Daredevil, which is phenomenal. Um, It's just crazy to think that we're now with over time with the rights and contracts and licensing that Marvel now has full control over what they want to do with almost all their characters besides Spider-Man and whoever Sony still owns. Oh, and I guess Hulk, but it's just, it's, it's crazy to see that. And that in itself, we now know the hierarchy. It goes, Yelena was, uh, was brought into the whole mix by Val, who we saw in Falcon winter soldier go and, you know, essentially recruit or um, what's his name. I I'm forgetting his name, but you, you know, it's the, the Patriot or, I forgot his name, but you know, who I'm talking about the guy with Captain America who who's the new Captain America and she is hired by Mrs. Bishop who is either in cahoots or is working for Kingpin, but it's only going to get messier. And I think this is how they're going to introduce all the New York characters essentially. So, I mean, Spider-Man at some point is going to interact. I, I, want to go off and just say, even though I haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home yet, I don't believe that Daredevil is his lawyer. I know everyone wants it, but I don't see that happening. If it is, awesome. And, you know, now that I think of it, it might make sense because the episode of Hawkeye came out yesterday and you just introduced Kingpin, who's the same actor, so it very well might be. I don't know. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. But no, regardless, this show is opening up a lot of things that were just not prepared for i think there's a lot more to this one of seven even though it says six it technically is seven they are doing a spider-man versus the sinister six funko pop uh moment which is really cool they just released the first one which is due to come out april i believe 11th or 18th you got a while but i'd pre-order it now it's 29.99 and it's doc ock and essentially what the scenario is is spider-man's in the center and you collect all the other villains uh, of the sinister six which is weird because i see in it doc ock you can clearly see the vulture you can see electro because of his face 
you can see Sandman, but the other two bodies look like Spider-Man's form. They don't have any um, details in their silhouette that make you believe it's Hobgoblin, Green Goblin, or anyone else. So um, maybe it's just filler or someone accidentally did that. I don't know. It looks cool. Go check it out. Other than that, thanks for listening. And then I will see you guys next time for the actual review and ideas and thoughts and concerns and what could be coming up next in the MCU in my Spider-Man No Way Home podcast. Thanks for listening. And that's all, folks.